everybody, and welcome back to Not Safe for Wonks. We are here with a spicy episode today. I am Kennedy Cooper. I'm Brandon Buchanan. Leia Rose. And our guest today is returning guest Ian Schlackman. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Ian, uh, Ian is, uh, or was, uh, running for the uh, Green Party presidential nomination. But of course, there have been some kind of complications with that. Ian, can you just give our audience a little bit of context, especially people who may not be very familiar with the Green Party, uh, what's going on with the primary? <laughs> uh, sure, I'll do, the, I'll do the best that I can. It is kind of a confusing topic. Uh, essentially, there was a pretty, um, a very, uh, how should I put this? There was a very minuscule amount of information put out initially by the uh, Green Party's presidential campaign support committee. And so I'll back up even further for a minute, and I'll just say, so the Green Party is kind of like a, like a federation or a confederation of parties across the country. Uh, we have the National Green Party, and then we have what's called decentralization in the party, meaning that each party, each state, is responsible for its own ballot access and all other kinds of electoral stuff. And that really has to do with the American system in general. If you're a Democrat or a Republican, every single state has a different primary date. Every single state has a different rules about who can vote when, open primaries, closed primaries, that kind of thing. So the Green Party has a couple of different bodies in it. One's called the Steering Committee. It's seven people, nine, I think, if you count the treasurer and all that. And uh, then there's a National Committee, which is a group of a lot of delegates throughout the country. And then finally, um, the group that's relevant to this conversation is the PCSC, the Presidential Campaign Support Committee. This group is in charge of actually making sure we have a fair primary. So there are seven candidates running for Green Party presidential primary right now. We're vying to be the next presidential candidate. The Green Party presidential PCSC basically put out a couple of statements earlier this year saying some various things they'd like the candidates to have. First, there was just a simple questionnaire. Then there was a more detailed one. Then there was uh, a request for signatures. And then there was a request to raise some money. And then they put out all these rules. There are all these rules in the background, too, because you got to remember the Green Party has a constitution nationally. So as things kind of went along, these rules became less and less clearly enforced. Mm. And I would also say that it wasn't really clear, like, if there was a deadline, if these were suggestions when these rules would be kicking people off the ballot, if people had to be kicked off the ballot. So, you know, they kind of went to this weird two-class of candidate system. One is what they call non-qualifying candidates, and one is what they call qualifying candidates. And the qualifying candidates have to raise a certain amount of money and have to uh, also get a certain amount of signatures in this very weird process where you basically have to say that you're a green who's a member of a party, a Green Party in your state, and then fill out a form that they kind of control and there's not really any transparency into on the back end. Can you also just tell us for reference, um, like how many signatures and how much money we're talking about? Because I feel like this is very important. Yeah, this is also kind of confusing as well. So <laughs> okay. essentially, essentially, we first heard the number of $5,000. Okay, that's fine. Uh, then we heard that actually it was lowered to a hundred donors and there was a candidate that actually qualified under the hundred donor 
guideline. And I think that's Dario Hunter. It's been okay. incredibly confusing. I mean, to me as a candidate, uh, I have multiple people who are, you know, uh, uh, you know, volunteering for the campaign. They've reached out to the presidential campaign support committee multiple times. And, you know, we get multiple different answers from every single person. And we've mm. been kind of telling them all along, you really need to clearly and succinctly just say what the criteria are and when the deadlines are. And what we kept hearing was, no, 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 there's no deadlines. There's no deadlines. This is just what we want to call you a qualifying candidate. And we were kind of even confused about that. Like, well, what is a qualifying candidate? What if someone wants to run and not raise any money? What if they're just a protest candidate? What if they have a bunch of supporters that aren't Greens or they're independents? Can those people sure. sign on the... Uh, on the on the signature form, you know, how is the signature yeah. form being counted? Who's counting the signatures? Can we see the signatures? You know, all of that was just never answered. And so all of a sudden, um, what prompted uh, the first medium post that we could talk about was um, they the PCSC sent an official email to all the candidates basically saying that if you're not a qualifying candidate by November 4th, you're off the ballot. You're just going to be wiped away from the Green Party's website and, you know, you'd have to seek ballot access, I guess, by other means. They said they'd still monitor your campaign for compliance or something like that, but you wouldn't be officially listed as even seeking the nomination anymore. And so uh, on the primaries, would you just not be listed on that ballot? Well, here's where it gets crazy. Uh, so if that wasn't confusing enough, it's not really clear to me what being a qualifying candidate even does. Because technically, every state runs its own primary or caucus. You know, so for those that don't know what a caucus is, you know, like the Iowa caucus, you literally have to show up at a certain location and then you stand literally with other people that support your candidate and then move around the room, kind of like kindergartner style, to show who you're supporting at that moment. And then you get a consensus. And that's what a caucus is. So the Green Party does two different kinds of things. It does an in-person primary uh, usually at, you know, one location in one state uh, when the state has a convention. They could also do a caucus, which is the same concept. You have to drive to one location. Or sure. they could do a, a mail-in ballot, but very few Green parties actually do a mail-in ballot, uh, uh, mostly because of cost. So anyway, so the reason this is so confusing and weird is because each state is saying that they're going to have different criteria based on who they think should be on the ballot. So it's not really clear if qualifying or not qualifying actually means anything at all. Um, mm. And so when we went down this rabbit hole as a campaign to kind of figure out, okay, well, you know, let's get my supporters to the caucuses and they're going to be starting up, uh, you know, come early 2020. And the Green Party then has a big convention in Detroit in mid-July where we actually decide our candidate. And that's just like the Democrats do or, or Republicans. Uh, you know, so how do we actually get our people to the to the to the conventions of the states and get them to support us? So here's where it gets crazier. So, oh, God, even worse. Yeah. So we were told that every not only is every state going to have its own rules, but a lot of states are just sort of unfairly considering criteria that would only put one candidate on the ballot, despite the fact that two candidates have now actually qualified officially by the national party. So the two that have qualified are Howie Hawkins and Dario Hunter. Um, my campaign way back, I think in May, when Howie Hawkins declared, 
uh, complained to the National Party because he got a ton of press by the National Party. And we said, why is this happening? Uh, we're set other candidates that have declared. Why are you supporting this one candidate and promoting him? And so sure. they said, oh, yeah, you're right. We took that down. Okay, great. Well, then I got a really nasty email from uh, someone here in Maryland uh, who is the press secretary for the Hawkins campaign, basically saying that mm -hmm. I'm a nothing and I'm a nuisance and I should just drop out of the race and support their guy, Howie Hawkins. And so I published this incredibly nasty email and that further enraged the Hawkins folks, basically then claiming that they should do what they want, which is promote, like, use the party's apparatus, use the Green Party's apparatus. It's Twitter, it's social media, it's Facebook, it's email blasts to literally promote Hawkins and no other candidate. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so... Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> So then we looked further into this and we said, well, you know, uh, you know, why are these Hawkins folks even internally in the Green Party and are they actually on important committees? And it turns out at the time there were three blatant Hawkins supporters on the steering committee. The steering committee is the highest body of the Green Party. And one of them, and this is unbelievable, is actually the co-chair of the Green of the Green Party at the time. And she was the manager of the Hawkins campaign. I mean, you can't make mm. that up it'd be like tom perez being that's exactly what it is that's literally what it is uh you know and and my campaign and virtually every other campaign but the hawkins campaign has um you know when we uh decided to run we you know said okay we're abdicating any leadership roles that we have because it's just like the right thing to do you can't maintain leadership of a party and then, you know, take a staff position with a candidate running, you know, in a contested primary. It should be obvious, you know, the Democrats just went through this in 2016 with Clinton and the superdelegates uh, and clear sure. bias there. Yeah, but, that, was, that was a very, yeah, very, very dirty situation. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure most of our audience is well aware, but yeah, yeah, very uh, deeply embedded in the same kind of ways. And yeah, when you have people working inside a campaign and inside the thing that decides which campaigns are valid, you have a problem. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a major problem. <laughs> this, this is what they call a it's conflict of interest. It's quite obvious to most folks. So I guess, you know, if you don't want to see it, you know, you're going to miss it. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that's the only thing we can really take out of this equation. Uh, you know, I think if you're doing it intentionally and you're corrupt, this is just the, what you think is right, what you think is OK to do. Getting back to uh, some of the states, um, you know, <laughs> from, from what we understood from conversations with individuals in state leadership throughout the country, some states were kind of let me put it to you this way. There will only be one candidate on the ballot for the primary in certain states, and that candidate will be. Uh, Howie Hawkins. And so, I mean, it's totally insane. And basically, it shows that even with the Green Party uh, national saying, okay, here's the criteria that we're going to lay out of money and signatures, state, you know, is there, there's a corrupting influence here that certain states won't even be uh, accepting that narrative. They're actually going to go one step further to cement the vote uh, for this one particular candidate. 
and they're just going to put one candidate on the ballot. So let me just take another step back if I could, because, you know, uh, uh, there's been a lot of attention on me and my campaign and, and my people and me personally, you know, a lot of back and forth with the, with the Hawkins folks with various accusations that are just unfounded. But really, every time that we've spoken up, uh, it's been through a joint statement. So, um, you know, so we've done a joint statement three times now, me and the other candidates who are running for president in the primary. And, you know, every time, except for this last time, it was every candidate signing a joint statement saying that there's clearly bias here. I mean, the bias is rampant. You know, I mean, I really don't like naming names, but I'll, I'll just name a couple that are in the letters, you know, like Chicago, North Carolina. Massachusetts, there's just like clear evidentiary bias uh, by the state parties just saying we want, um, you know, uh, only Hawkins out at this event. We want only this guy to speak. You know, we don't really want to give equal opportunity to other candidates. And we've been calling it out for months. And I've gotten reassurances from some folks that I really admire in the party and some very high ranking people in the party. Uh, some of them that are even household names that we all know and love in the Green Party, that this would be addressed, and it just has not been addressed at all. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, at this point, uh, you know, that led us to write a third joint statement, which five of the seven candidates signed, and we put that out on Wednesday. And at that point, I think the Hawkins team sort of went ballistic and just started uh, firing back with all sort of false allegations. Mm. At which point, you know, my team, you know, we decided to boycott the Green Party at this point because, you know, you expect this kind of thing, I think, from like Hillary Clinton or Hillary Clinton supporters, you know, like just, just baselessly being attacked, you know, for no reason other than that you don't support the rising star, you know, the the, the next anointed ones uh, candidate. You know, you expect that from the Democratic Party, but I didn't join the Green Party to to deal with that kind of nonsense. And uh, the attacks have just been totally malicious and <laughs> dare I say sexist and um, uh, reeking of white privilege as well, because I mean, there's someone, oh, the, another person that you all have interviewed. I mean, Miss Sinadam Curry, who's gonna be mad that I called her Miss Curry. Yes. Uh, she hates that. Uh, you, know, <laughs> uh, you know, she has been outspoken against internal corruption in the Green Party for years. <laughs> Everyone just sort of, uh, you know, ignores her uh, role in it. Yeah, and uh, I believe in, uh... She talked about that in our interview with her about the um, how they pretty pretty much rigged it for for Stein in 2016. And I'll admit, I mean, I'm I'm gonna just I'm just gonna come right out and say it because I, yeah. I like you know growing and learning as a person. When um when you start to learn about the Green Party and other candidates, you know, one of the first things you're kind of told is like, oh well, you know, Senator um, Curry, you know, she's she's crazy. Don't worry about her. Don't listen to her. Like she's. I'll tell you a little funny anecdotal story. So basically, I went mm, to sure. the uh, A&M. The Green Party has had one national debate so far. Um, the party, the Black Caucus, held another national debate after that. And it was in Salem, Massachusetts. You know, everyone was asking me ahead of time, you know, because I'm the reasonable, non-confrontational, I guess, you know, like, like white dude. And so they're like, oh, okay, do you know anything more about the other candidates? Is anyone going to protest today? And I'm like, no, no one's going to protest today. I mean, unless something crazy happens. And they're like, well, what about what about Miss Sidenham Curry? And I said, no, I don't think she's going to protest today. <laughs> and and then we get on stage, 
And, um, uh, uh, you know, essentially, they at the last minute made a rule that if you call out another candidate, that candidate's going to get more time. And there are folks in this race that are opposing Hawkins for his positions on certain topics politically. So such as like Syria or um, his position on Venezuela or Cuba. And, you know, there's a lot of people calling him out and that keeps getting him more and more and more additional time. And it wasn't it was not an established rule ahead of time. <laughs> so, you know, I basically protested. I basically said, like, you know, this is BS, you know, wasn't really in the established rules. We're giving this guy all this extra time. It's nonsense, you know. And um, and then on top of that, um, you know, there were some false statements made by him about, you know, some 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 nonsense that happened in New York or something like that. And I called him out on it. And, you know, people were like shocked and appalled that I would dare like you know, correct another candidate or call this kind of action out. And, you know, everyone was kind of like waiting for Ms. Sidenam Curry to kind of explode. And of course, she, she, you know, she definitely, you know, she protested in her own way. But for some reason, when she protests, you know, oh, gosh, you know, here she goes. And, you know, when I protest, it's like, oh, you know, Ian's just, you know, embarrassing himself or like, you know, we would never think he would do this. We can't believe it. You know, like it's just it's just it's just white privilege. I mean, that's all it really comes down to. I mean, even Dario Hunter, who is the only black male candidate we have on stage, you know, was trying to get words in edgewise and kind of couldn't. And I'm kind of echoing his points. And then I get the ire of the crowd, you know, and there were people literally in the audience who worked on his campaign that were like actively heckling us, like actively heckling me on stage. It was like it was just completely insane. It was totally it was, uh, you know, it was completely nuts. So uh, I think at this point, uh, you know, from my own sanity, uh, you know, I got into this race to talk about. Uh, very important issues to me and move the Green Party in a certain direction. But I just need a break, you know, like I've just and I don't really see that anyone should be spending their resources in a party that's going to act this corruptly at the top. Not to say that you shouldn't support candidates down ticket, mm. but at the top of the ticket, I mean, I just think that we're spinning our wheels here. This is just not a good use of anyone's time. Well, first of all, uh, first of all, when you talk about household names in the Green Party, that's like four. So that's basically a name drop as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Second of all, um, the Democratic Party like weighing things in favor of one candidate. Uh, the argument that I think if we got like someone like a Neera Tandon on the show, uh, which will likely never happen, it's not safe. Um, but they would say that there are very high stakes in these elections and right. something to be gained from galvanizing uh, people to take on the Republican Party. Uh, you're a third party. Uh, Sudanam says that she's going to win the presidency, but most candidates that come on here say that their goal is to simply build the party for the future. Right. Um, what does the and you're, you're obviously biased here, but just try to <laughs> be as unbiased as possible for people who like don't know anything. What does the Green Party materially get out of a Hawkins candidacy? Or like, what's at stake, even? Those are two, like, fantastic questions. Look, I mean, I, I, I in a way, I, I kind of feel a bit liberated after announcing my boycott of the party because, uh, you know, I, I feel like it, it, it allows me to kind of elaborate a little bit 
on a larger national vision that I had for the party. I hope the party can come back and reclaim its senses and, and, and be a place that could be fair and unbiased again. But, you know, for me, I think yesterday was sort of like this unbelievable moment because uh, I don't know if y'all saw, but yesterday uh, Hillary Clinton came out and basically accused Tulsi Gabbard of being a Russian Putin puppet who is probably going to run third party but Jill Stein won't give up the party or some kind of crazy yes. nonsense like that. I, I did see I mean, this that. Is it was very wild. <laughs> and Clinton said that Jill Stein was obviously a Russian asset. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and of course, Tulsi's response was also very crazy. But the whole thing was very wild yesterday. It was it, it was a it was a crazy day in the news. And then this this isn't really related to too much of else, but like David Duke is shouted out Tulsi fucking KKK Whoa, David Duke. Crazy. And of course Tulsi Tulsi immediately responded like in nice in nicer words, "Fuck you! I hate white nationalism." I mean, I would hope she would. But, yeah. but I mean, Hindu na- Hindu yeah. nationalism is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so so but this 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 was kind of a crazy and surreal moment cuz, you know, Hawkins is probably the most pro the Russia, you know, tampered with our elections to the effect that Clinton lost narrative. Like that that's his like he he kind of goes the furthest down that rabbit hole. He doesn't really care for any of the folks on RT except for the ones that'll have him on, you know, you know, so I mean, it's, it's, and he said some pretty negative and in my opinion, derogatory things about Jill Stein, you know, and I, I was a volunteer for Jill in 20, uh, 2015, 2016. And I advised her on uh, quite a few issues of uh, cybersecurity, because I'm a cybersecurity person by trade. That's what I do professionally. So, you know, it was it was sort of fascinating to see Hawkins kind of drink that Kool-Aid. And in my opinion, I don't really think he understood exactly what he was saying. But more to the point, you know, I think a lot of folks have attacked him from the left that he sort of got this narrative of, you know, U.S. good, whatever the U.S. does. And uh, I, I, I completely, uh, uh, you know, that's nonsense. And a lot of candidates uh, are in that camp as well. You can talk about certain like national issues that kind of gets into. But, you know, it, for me, it was interesting because I think it clearly showed that there's a Democratic contender who's actually in the debates, Tulsi Gabbard, who has a better position on uh, the Russiagate narrative than uh, the Green Party's own Howie Hawkins. And, you know, this to me was just like a, a dumbfounding moment. It, 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 it really was. And I, and I, I wrote and I stand by it. You know, this is going to be a, a slap in the face to Jill Stein and what she had to fight against if Hawkins gets the nomination. You know, I, I don't understand what direction he wants to take the party into. I don't know if it's like a more pro-Democrat direction or something like that. I, I'm not really sure, but it's not something that I want to do. It's not that I'm against Democrats. There are certain Democrats that I actually admire for certain things that they do, but it's more like um, it's about an international worldview where I don't view the U.S. Uh, as needing to intervene with every single geopolitical hotspot. I don't view the, the U.S. as the universal good guy in every single story. Uh, you know, this kind of U.S. versus Russia narrative, U.S. versus China narrative. Or China and Russia are always the bad guy. I just think that's just outdated thinking, uh, like a Cold War mentality that we've got to move away from. And you know, it was, uh, it was, uh, it's, it's, it's surprising to see that kind of paint itself in real life. Uh, 
I never thought I'd see it. Uh, but but here we at here we are. It actually happened yesterday. So you know, now that I'm not a a Green Party candidate, uh, you know, I'm boycotting them. Uh, I could speak a little more freely on this, and I think that's an important thing for your listeners to uh, to look into. Are you still running for president? Um, my campaign is suspended. Let me say that. I've I've suspended my campaign. Um, I have no interest in running with the Democratic Party at all. The, this campaign is not really about that. This campaign was designed to to grow the Green Party from the grassroots, and I could get into some of the hurdles that I, I see happening nationally with that as well. So n- no, there's not really a, a clear path at this point. You're running as an independent. I am an independent, I guess you could say at the moment, uh, as I'm boycotting my, my previous party. But, uh, you know, uh, my, my campaign is officially suspended. Do you see yourself like running for anything else in the near future or uh, maybe jump jumping into like another political situation? Like, what do you yeah, feel absolutely. like? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I don't see you as the person who's just going to sit around. You seem really motivated. <laughs> well, let, let me say uh, a couple of things about that, because, you know, well, let me let me start here. So one of the reasons I wanted to run for the Green Party, my biggest reason, actually, was not to promote certain policies or my platform, which has sort of become my my number one kind of issue at this point. Um, you know, uh, some of the way I see the world uh, na- internationally and uh, economically are very different than most of the people running against me. It was more about growing the Green Party. I think that folks want to see electoral victories across the country, and I don't think they're going to invest their time, money, and energy into a political party that's not winning victories. You know, I think the DSA proves that. I'm not a member of the DSA. There are people out there saying that I am. I had to leave the DSA because there's a rule uh, within the Green Party that actually says that you cannot be a dual member of another political party while you're running. And if I, if I remember correctly, sort of as a sidebar, uh, Howie Hawkins is violating that rule by being a uh, <laughs> member of the social. Yeah, I mean, party. I didn't know if that was too technical for you guys to get into, but I'm happy to, to, to mention to, that you mentioned that because that's sort yeah. of what prompted this whole thing. Actually, it was see all the other candidates in this race besides Hawkins are kind of in 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 solidarity with each other to be frank with you. I mean, I have a good relationship with almost all of them. Talk to them all the time whether I agree with them or I don't. And one of the other candidates, I'll just I'll just say it from uh from Dario Hunter's team, uh one of his staff members reached out to me and said, you know, they're about to give a pass to uh Hawkins for clearly violating the rules. They're trying to kick you all off the ballot. Why don't you ask for uh, why don't you ask for special treatment, basically, like try to get a pass for not qualifying and to become a qualified candidate? And I said, just, you know, how my team took that back and thought about it. And we just said, how stupid is this that I would like use my clout or, you know, try to finagle my way onto the top of the ballot onto being a quote unquote qualified candidate? I mean, I don't agree with that, that rule at all. I think it's a ridiculous rule. But if we don't have rules to clearly tell us how to become a candidate for the Green Party, like they're like they're just anarchy. Like it's just it's just nonsense. Like there's there's just nothing there. I mean, you know, they might as well not have a primary at all. Uh, you know, so so one of the things that I'm calling for, and I'm I, I'm gonna drive you all crazy by jumping around on this podcast so much. I apologize. Oh uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but you know, like one of the things I'm calling for is we have seven candidates total. Seven. That's it. Just seven. The Democrats <laughs> have not had a debate 
where they've had seven people on stage. Every time it's been more than yeah, that. Yeah, and the Bay, the Bay Ford actually went up. And God the most candidates on stage <laughs> exactly. for that debate. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't, that, Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Twelve. Twelve, 12 people. candidates, yeah. So, like, why can't, like, we really can't have a Green Party primary with seven candidates? Like, we really have to whittle them down? I just don't, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, if states, we, we have a rule about decentralization in the party, um, you know, so, I mean, the states are going to do what they want independently of the national party anyway. So I really just don't understand um, why we just cannot put seven candidates on a ballot. I mean, people, you know, have lives, they have jobs. Not every candidate can attend every debate in the, in the Green Party. Um, you know, so I, I really don't understand if the if the Democrats can have 12 people on a stage, why we simply can't put seven people on a ballot. I'm, I am almost certain, even with candidates whittling themselves down as the as the Democratic primary goes along, by the time it gets to your state, you'll see more than seven people running in your particular state because there's folks that don't drop out. There's folks that don't get their name off the ballot in time. There's folks that may only have themselves on the ballot in your state. So yeah, you're going to get a ballot if you're a Democrat and your primary is probably going to have more than seven candidates on there for president. <laughs> and I trust you that you will not be so confused by that that you will just like, you know, have a brain fart and just won't be able to function. I trust that you'll be able to find your candidate's name and hit the little box next to it. Uh, so I don't understand why we don't have that level of trust in the Green Party, but... You know, here we are trying to disqualify candidates for God knows what reason. And, you know, kind of pulling out for a second, it's really a shame that this had to have happened because, you know, as our viewers have known, we've um, we've talked to, I think, five green candidates so far. And honestly, you were you were one of my favorites, like you had a good kind of articulation of ideas. And it's sad to see you kind of it's sad to see you kind of go from uh, or be not go but be ejected more or less from the party and from the primary so it's going to be really interesting kind of seeing where you go from here because you know you have a wealth of experience for being you know as kind of young or young in terms of politics because i mean you're some like 15 years older than i am but i mean for politics 35 isn't too right uh isn't too old whatsoever but it's really going to be a i'm, I'm excited for what you're going to do with um, what's coming ahead? Well, I, I I really appreciate that. You know, you know, like like I was trying to get to before. Uh, you know, I sure, sure. I was so one of the one of my big issues in this race was to get focus the spotlight onto down ticket candidates with winnable races. And the, what's crazy about this is that most of those races are actually nonpartisan. So like actually being a ballot qualified party in your state will not actually do you any good. Like anyone can run and you're not going to have a letter next to their name. So, um, you know, that's school board, that's most city councils, that's most mayors, that's, that's most cities. Uh, even some counties operate like that. So, you know, one of the interesting comparisons between what I was calling for and what I think like the Hawkins team is mm -hmm. calling for is Hawkins team is all in on what's known as ballot access, right? So like they're they're going out there and like getting mm -hmm. signatures to get the Green Party on the ballot. Yeah, they have a map on their website and stuff. Right. And what what I'm saying is no, let's actually start with candidates that are getting themselves elected. And this is sort of like, you know, like here in the east side of Baltimore, we actually have three greens that are elected. Uh you know, I I I, I, I help, I know I don't toot my own horn, but I help get them elected. I, I help run their campaigns, um, you know, and, and get them into office. 
And, you know, it's just sort of uh, uh, ridiculous to me that um, the time and money it spends to get ballot access qualified. Like, I'll give you an example in Arizona. Arizona, I think, needs like 60,000 signatures to get on the ballot. Like, it's a crazy number. So, you know, I've told them they have to sue. Like, you've got to take the state to court. Like, that's crazy. Like, it's too high a threshold. You've got to sue. Uh, I know Dario has told them they should probably sue. Other candidates have told them they have to sue. Uh, but the the Hawkins team is like, no, let's get the signatures. And you know what? If you donate to my campaign, we'll hire a ballot access coordinator to get the signatures for you. And it's like, no, like that's not, first of all, like you shouldn't be mixing on the ground coordinators with ballot access drives for a whole party. And second of all, like really, you're really going to get 60,000 signatures? Like that, there's no way you're going to do that. Like it's not going to happen. So I, I, it's a different strategy in, in total. Uh, so I guess, you know, to answer your question more directly, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I'm going to, you know, put my money where my mouth is. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that nonpartisan races are, are probably the next step for me. Um, you know, I like the example that my friend Dario Hunter is setting in uh, Ohio with being a school board member there. He's about to, uh, 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 you know, his race is coming up. In November, uh, so you know he's not getting much institutional support from the party. I want to make sure that he gets some institutional support, even though you know I'm I'm boycotting the National Party. I still want to make sure folks, good folks, are elected. I'm trying to help uh, Riley Mahoon uh, uh, in Allegheny County in Pennsylvania get elected. You know I'm still putting my money where my mouth is. I'm still going to get uh, help folks get elected. Uh, I think that's the right path. And then you know you know we'll see what happens. I've been running in elections nonstop for you know 2014 every other year i pretty much ran for an office after that and so uh you know my wife uh would love for me to stop and take a break and so i probably am because uh, it's a sane and rational thing to do you know i'm a tradesperson, uh you know in my profession i you know so i i, I have uh, you know uh, customers to take care of and stuff like that and uh, you know, uh, we'll see what the future holds after that. Uh, you know, we'll probably you know find some nonpartisan race somewhere, and uh, you know, try again. You know, so uh, you know that that, that 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 that's what I believe in, and that's what I'm going to keep on doing. You know, I just have to say, I feel like there's a there's sort of an irony or sort of a twistedness to all of this because we had Howie Hawkins on the show, as you know, we've spoken to him. He was mm -hmm. a, a charming guy. He's a longtime organizer. He has a very organized campaign. It just seems so ridiculous that they would even bother to rig the campaign in his favor when he's already like got this great shot. It's just sort of upsetting, you know? And it's it's very disheartening to to have to yeah. discuss this with you today on a lot of levels because, like Leia said, we've kind of been trying to give the Greens a bit of a fair shake on this podcast. Um, a lot of people on the political uh, quote unquote left, even people that might support Democratic Socialists or the DSA, might wouldn't necessarily touch the Greens, right. and we didn't want to be one of those outlets. You know, we wanted to to say like we're we're going to bring people in right. yeah. to an inclusive space on the left where. If you're uh, a democratic socialist running in the Democratic Party, great, you're welcome. But if also, if you're with Communist Party USA and you want to come talk to us, great, you're welcome because we want to hear what you have to say, even yeah. if we don't necessarily agree with all of it with everyone. No, that, 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 that's awesome. And I really appreciate you all for doing that. It's something that we've been passionate about doing. But now to be in this position, <laughs> it's a little disheartening. Um, 
to know that the, the Green Party is suffering from some of the same stuff on this micro scale that we're so worried about in, in these larger political settings. Look, I don't, I don't really have any, 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 any secrets to, uh, to hold anymore. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna carry the, the, the water for the party. Uh, well, I think it got itself into this mess. I mean, they, there's been multiple warnings, I think about, uh, Hawkins's campaign manager. I don't want to mispronounce her name, so I, I just won't say it. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and some of the, uh, misdoings and misguided actions that, that, that she's taken, um, you know, I think you could look, you really want to do a little investigative research. Anyone out there is interested, you know, look at what happened with the Colorado greens and the, the kind of mess that was left after that whole situation out there. Cause that's where his campaign manager comes from, you know, and then from there, uh, I think a lot of folks tried to sound the alarm. We've been talking to a lot of folks that have been concerned about this and every single time we get, you know, Oh yeah, you're right. This is a big deal. We're going to take action. We're going to take action. We're going to take action. I've showed them evidence of like, Hawkins team members like defacing my literature, like calling me a liar, you know, like yeah. physically intimidating. And I don't want to go so far as to completely de condemn Howie Hawkins, but I will say that a couple of the things that you posted on Twitter in terms of like lies that were being told about you, we verify or we can verify. You know, I, I can't necessarily verify everything that you're saying today, but I know that the things mm -hmm. that I looked into right. were verifiable that that they were lying and you were telling the truth especially about things like who was working for him and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that, but just like, you know, just, just, just the, you know, the, 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 the bigger point here is that I think that there was a coordinated effort to choose sort of a non-controversial figure by a bunch of controversial greens in an attempt to kind of take over the party. And like, you know, I, I don't really have a lot to say about that because if someone wants to like do an internal coup with the Green Party, like, I guess, you know, do what you're going to do. Like, I can't really stop you. I guess as long as you're in the rules, you, you know, you're, you're okay. But what's even weirder about this is legitimately, I think if you just stuck Hawkins name and all other six candidates under him, you know, and, you know, and I put that on the ballot in every single state, he probably have the best shot out of all of us. Yeah. I mean, easily. So why they need to do this or why they feel this is necessary is just, it's a shame. And, it, and it's a damn shame because, you know, I mean, Jill Stein's out there in Pittsburgh, you know, fighting for, or Pennsylvania, I should say, like fighting the state of Pennsylvania for uh, uh, buying voting machines that you can't see the source code into. You can't really understand the mechanisms behind it. And that could be, you know, fatal to an election without any paper ballots. And here's people in the Green Party sort of like playing games. Like, you know, my folks, I've asked repeatedly for different states, can folks that switch between Greens and Democrats that are my supporters or independents and then turn green, vote for me. Mm. I've never gotten a straight answer. So my folks, a lot of my folks can't vote because, you know, they just don't, I don't get a straight answer on it. Uh, you know, can I see behind the scenes of the documents? Can we just, can I just submit paper signatures to you? No, I have to use this like weird website that's hidden. It's not even on the Green Party's main page anymore that people have to submit signatures to. And then I'll get told if I have enough or not, you know, when they decide mm. to update the signature page. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's too, it's just, it's totally unnecessary. I'll say this because, you know, I think this is going to be a fun little project for your listeners. Look up this other party called the Transhumanist Party. Have you all heard of the Transhumanist Party? I have. The, 
I I think there was I think there was one guy that was running for the that was running for the 2020 libertarian nomination that previously had run for the had previously run for the transhumanist yeah. nomination like let me look that up that's just, it that's exactly right it, it was yeah. like zoltan yeah, istvan or something yeah zoltan like, istvan we actually tried right? to get an interview with that guy but he hasn't gotten back oh, to us <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. We would love, i would we love, would to, love talk to, to, him. Speak to him yeah he seems like a cool he seems like a racist guy yeah. so so yeah. you know zoltan istvan was the transhumanist party uh, yeah. I think he was like one of the founders and then also the candidate. And now he's not the candidate this year, right? So they had to have a primary. Okay, so like eight people ran. They listed what they were going to do very simply and very clearly. This is a brand new party, no infrastructure at all. I think their number one issue is like human life extension. Very interesting stuff. Everyone should look into them. And they ran a really simple primary that was fair. They had four debates. They declared them ahead of time. They were all online. They said, clear as day, you must be registered as a transhumanist member using this website to register by this date. And then you'll get an email asking you to vote for your candidate. And then we'll tally them up and we'll tell you who won after the fourth debate. And they pick their candidate and they're golden. Like, why are we making this so much more difficult? And I'll tell you the reason. I think there's a lot of folks in the Green Party who, um, you know, some of them have aligned themselves with Hawkins. Maybe some of them are still on the fence who want us to, like, emulate the Democrats and Republicans. And I think that's just wildly stupid. Like, that's just the dumbest thing you could do. The Democratic and Republicans parties have very confusing primaries. Some of them are even using caucuses like Iowa. The whole system is just infuriating and confusing. And now they got to do a bunch of cleanup this year to make sure it doesn't look like they're rigging it for anyone else. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 why are we emulating that? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, I, like if you had the chance, if you had the chance to make a, a new party, why wouldn't you make it better instead of trying to copy the yeah so i mean so 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 that so you know part of the boycott is i i just want there to be a simpler clearer process i want all seven candidates to be on there i want there to be clear instructions for new candidates that might declare there's a new interview up by this guy primo nutmeg who talks to jesse ventura and jesse ventura clear as day says he is going to run with the green party in early march he's going to declare and he's going to try to get Robert F. Kennedy to do it with him, who I have all kinds of crazy thoughts about Robert F. Kennedy and what an anti-vax loony he is. But, uh, you know, that's <laughs> Primo Nutmeg. You said this guy's name was. Yeah, that's, that's the that Primo Nutmeg is an interviewer. Uh, he does a lot of video interviews. He did the Hawkins interview where Hawkins talked about how he, uh, you know, didn't like Jill Stein going to Russia and all that. Uh, you know, um, you know, he, he 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 did an interview with Jesse Ventura. And um, that's the interview that everyone should take a listen to because Jesse Ventura, clear as day, says he wants to run as a Green in 2020, but he's not going to announce until March. So, I mean, part of the reason I'm I'm kind of sitting back is because I kind of want to see what's going to happen when Jesse Ventura tries to get into the Green Party. Is he going to sue his way in? Is he just going to become an independent and just, you know, flip us, flip, flip the Greens off and just say, I'm done with this? You know, like, I, I, I want to see what's going to mm-hmm. happen here because I certainly don't have the resources to, to sue anybody. Uh, and I really wouldn't want to go down that path. So I'm just going to step back and, and, you know, let these guys duke it out and, and see what happens. Because, you know, the primary process as it stands right now, it, it, it's, it's, it's clearly unfair. Like, it's, it's obviously unfair. And one of the reasons we, we released that statement this week was because we knew this ruling 
to uh, you know the the Hawkins violation of his own rules of his own party, uh, which by the way, some people on his team actually wrote that stupid rule that says you can't be a dual <laughs> member. Uh, you know, so they should have known about this rule. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> we knew that was coming down this week, and uh, we wanted to make a statement about it and just show how idiotic this primary process has gotten. It's so discouraging. It's so discouraging. Like Kennedy said. Uh, that you know, if you're on the left, the Green Party is like a faction of the left, and that that we're having infighting over something that's relatively small in the grand scheme of things. Um, I've always said fighting over power that you don't have is the left in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's really good. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. Is it? If, if that isn't the whole summation of all of the 30 episodes that we have made. Um, so with it in mind that like the Green Party kind of, as you put it, is recreating the problems, to put it bluntly, of the DNC and the GOP. What do you think a small party can do to sort of prevent this? And I know we just talked about the transhumanist party, but they're brand new. And, you know, uh, anything that's brand new tends to be more idyllic. Right. The Green Party's been around for a while, which, you know, is probably part of why this can even happen. Can, how can we have movements on the left that are starting small, that are grassroots, that don't eventually end up in this space? That's a, that's a great question. So, you know, w one of the interesting things about U.S. elections is that they are inherently decentralized. You know, like every single state has authority over its own, you know, parties and how they operate and 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 when their elections are held even uh the only real rule is that they all have to have the same election day for the general election that's it so um you know with the knowledge of that it's important to understand that any new party or any party like the green party trying to become a a a, a major party uh needs to address the fact that the system is inherently chaotic and um, uh, in, in certain states, even downright corrupt from the beginning. And so I think that it's important that, the, that the, for a party like the Green Party to make the process as easy as possible at the top. You know, I think the National Green Party, the party does have a rule about decentralization, and I, I, I stand by that rule. But I also think, you know, when it comes to our national candidate, like the, the only candidate we really choose uh, for the entire country is the president and vice president. When it comes to the national candidate, it, it, it should clearly be done in a different manner than just emulating what the states have done. It clearly should be done in a different manner, uh, you know, where, where, where the national party is saying, here's every qualified candidate, look into them, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, he, here's everyone that's, you know, registered to run, and then here's a ballot with all of them on there. And we insist and we ask that every state use this ballot, because if we just allow every state, like you'll see it with the Democratic Party, you'll see names in North Carolina that won't be on South Carolina because some guy from North Carolina decided to stick his name on the ballot for president in North Carolina. Uh, you know, so it's already confusing. So I think the National Green Party should do way more to, to make it less confusing and to just say clear as day, here's everyone that signed up, here's what a national ballot looks like, and here's what we expect to get back from every single state when you all cast your individual ballots. And plus, I think this decentralization thing has sort of taken us into a weird area 
because right now we don't have one part, one person, one vote for the Green Party. So what I mean by that is, if I am an independent or a Republican, and I'm watching the Democratic debates, and I say, oh, gee, that Tulsi Gabbard, she speaks to me, or that Bernie Sanders, I get him. And I could just go down to you know my, 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 my nearest voter registration office, change my party, and then ask when the primary is, and I could vote for that candidate. It's not that clear in the Green Party. So there, there, there's a role for national and states to coordinate on making it as easy as possible to vote. And right now, it's not. It's very confusing how to vote. It's very confusing how to get your candidate on the ballot. Some states don't even do voting. They just do a caucus system. I mean, that's sort of like the opposite of what we claim to be in the Green Party. So if I had one message for those that are listening in the party, it would be make it easier, like make it as simple as possible for folks that just hear about their candidate of choice in the Green Party to immediately go to their local Green Party event and say, I'm here to cast my vote for Ian. I'm here to cast my vote for Dario. I'm here to cast my vote for Sidenov. You know, like it shouldn't be difficult. Like, oh, we have a whole rubric and a whole system and you got to sign this form first. But are you really a green? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're with another party. I mean, like the, it's, it's just ludicrous. We're not we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, making this so complicated. Yeah. The wonks are inside the Green Party. There's no, no <laughs> like there's no <laughs> I guess I guess this podcast oh is no longer safe for green for greens, uh, you know. Well you know, like, <laughs> well, you know what what happens? You know what a lot a lot of folks just study the Democratic Party for a long time. They work with Democrats and they say, I'm sick of this and I'm gonna make my own party. And they wind up just emulating what you just left and protested. And it's just like we need folks that are smarter than that to just be like, no, no, no. If it's simple and people can't understand it and can't easily access it, then it's not democratic and we should throw it away, even if that means we look different than the major parties. Yeah, I mean, like if you want people to like th there's a massive opportunity for uh, people to go to more leftward parties. So why are you not making it easy mm -hmm. for them? I, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and a lot of folk, a lot of states um have instituted all kinds of interesting rules. I mean, some of them you have to mail in a ballot, but you could ask for a ballot over email. You could ask for a ballot using a form on a website. Uh, some of the states you can actually send your uh, request in over email and have someone go there for you and vote for you in proxy. So like we have a ton of solutions in the Green Party. I mean, the Green Party is the party of ranked choice voting, the party of proportional representation. Like there's a ton of like good ideas about how to vote in the Green Party. I just would ask, are we making it as simple as possible for people that just learn about us to to participate in our elections and i and we and you know i mean we can't be the party that agitates for open primaries and then not really do one ourselves either and i think that might be an outlier uh for my campaign i think i'm just speaking for myself here uh you know and, I, and i'm fine with that but i would I, after seeing this whole thing i would clear as day say the Green Party needs to live up to its own values and have an open primary. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. We can't be checking people's cards at the door and measuring them about how green they are. Well, when did you join the party? I don't recognize you. Maybe you're an infiltrator. Like, if they're there to vote, like, you have to let them vote. Like, if your problems with it, this is the way I always, because I was the Maryland Green Party co-chair for quite some time. And when I was in office, and obviously I left office to run for office, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't stay in like other people. But anyway, um, 
when I was in when I was in office um, uh, uh, in the Maryland Green Party, I, I I would tell people all the time, anyone can legally run for office with the Green Party. Our job is to make sure the candidates are of are are holding our values. Our job is to expose if a candidate runs for office that doesn't have our values. Like if they're if they were previously a Republican, or if they blatantly say like, yeah, I believe in fracking, even though I'm a green. Like that's something we want to expose, get the word out about, try to get them off the ballot. Maybe you know I'm not even so sure about that because some states you can't. So maybe you should do it. But we still have an obligation to make sure that every single person coming to vote that wants to vote for any candidate can do so. Otherwise, you're violating your own tenets. You're violating your own rules. It's it's a club. It's not really a political party. That's the distinction right there. Well, Ian Schlackman, this has been an incredible, uh, very enlightening conversation. And uh, I I think, you know, I definitely don't feel like hopeless after this or anything. Oh, yeah. But but you've, you've certainly given me a lot to think about. I hope our audience is going to feel the same way. In fact, I know that they will because a lot of them have been very interested in our interviews with green candidates. And I think that they're going to want to hear this and that they're going to want to think about this yeah. and, and make some decisions perhaps based on this, you know, about what, where they want to go. And maybe, you know, I, I personally still think that third parties have a place in American politics and could hopefully have a much larger place in American politics over time. But the green party may or may not be the best vehicle for some of the interests of the left right now. And we're going to have to all think about that as, as, a, as a group and maybe look at what else is out there a little bit. Yeah, I want to just be clear about this, too, because some folks have asked me, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, to, to just be as clear as possible about this. I did not ask any of the other candidates to boycott with me. I'm not asking any individuals to boycott with me out there. I'm asking, I'm telling you, that for me personally and for this campaign, I'm boycotting the Green Party because of what I see, and I feel I have an obligation to report what I see. Uh, you know, it's as simple as that. So, you know, however you feel moved to do with this information what you want to do, if you're a Green Party member and you want to complain, like, like launch a complaint, like start talking about it. There are still uh, six other candidates, five other candidates in this race that I think would be glad to hear from you and want your support. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, uh, we'll just, uh, I would just say stay tuned, uh, for, you know, to my Twitter and uh, social media and stuff like that, because, you know, we're not going away either. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly going to keep fighting and keep up the, uh, the, the demand, uh, you know, inside and outside of the party for, uh, for clean electoral, uh, fair, Mm -hmm. equal politics. And we will continue to follow this story closely as that happens. Uh, well, we have been not safe for wonks. Uh, Leia Rose. Still Brandon Buchanan. <laughs> and I'm Kennedy Cooper, and our guest has been Ian Schlackman. Ian, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. And uh, if you don't already follow Ian on Twitter, uh, give us your Twitter handle real fast. Sure, it's I Schlackman. It's I-S-C-H-L-A-K-M-A-N. I-S-C-H-L-A-K-M-A-N. Thanks. And we'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so follow follow Ian on Twitter if you want to stay apprised of this situation or if you just want to keep knowing what he's up to because I'm sure that he's going to be doing interesting stuff. And of course, Ian, will be glad to have you back again to talk about that interesting stuff in the future. And with that, 
Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. All right, thanks.